Seattle's a really progressive city, so it's not that unusual to see a woman doing something in a position of power. Our mayor, our police chief, city council is heavy on the woman side, so we're definitely pro-woman here, I think, which is great. Hi, I'm Linda Dershing. 25 years ago, I opened my first bar, Linda's Tavern, in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood. Today, my company, The Dershing Group, has opened 11 other spots for friends to get together. I'm passionate about this community and the creativity, acceptance, and character it breeds. Seattle fosters people's motivation to change the future of its culture for good. In this podcast, I get the chance to talk to several of those people about what makes this city one to watch. This is Uncharted Seattle. We're here with Robin Schumacher, Washington State's first female Cicerone and the founder of Stoop Brewing in Seattle. After spending 13 years as a high school science teacher, Robin decided to pursue a career in beer as her second act in life, and she's empowering other women along the way. Welcome, Robin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So for the general population who might not know exactly what a Cicerone is, can you explain what you do? Yeah, um, a Cicerone, it's a certification uh, that came about, I don't know, about seven years ago. And it was essentially to improve um, beer service. So in the wine community, you have sommeliers um, who are experts on like pairing wine with food and how to serve wine correctly. And traditionally, beer has not had that kind of respect on the service side. So what a Cicerone does is we're trained in how to serve beer correctly, um, how to adjust draft systems so that they pour correctly, um, teaching other people how to pour beer correctly so that it, you get you know, the freshest possible product. Um, so that's the certification, but I've actually gone on, we opened the brewery and I now am a brewer. So I use some of that um, Cicerone knowledge, but currently I'm a brewer. So. Wow, so it's basically a sommelier of beer. It is, yep. So tell us more about being a Cicerone. How many are there in Seattle, do you think? Several dozen. Several dozen. They have a a lower level certification or an entry level, I'll just call it that. It's a beer server certification that's much more approachable. And it's for people who just want kind of a general uh, knowledge about beer. So if you're a, a bartender or a server, you have that base knowledge. So that's a great place to start. And you have to pass that test to move on to the Cicerone, then there's advanced Cicerone, then there's master Cicerone also. So tell us more about your process in it. Well, the way that I prepared, um, it was after I had quit teaching and I had just kind of come across the certification and I felt like it would be just a really structured way of keeping my mind on beer because I just really wanted to get in the beer industry and I didn't know how. So I just started kind of introducing myself to everyone in the beer industry that I met, making it people feel like I was part of the industry because I just was everywhere. <laughs> the different components, some of it's hands-on, other is like calibrating your palate. So every day I would do tastings with my wife and then we would talk back and forth about the beer, um, see if we were using any kind of common language. And then I would look up other people's reviews of that same beer and so what I was doing was just, first of all, understanding what those flavors and aromas tasted like, but also um, learning what the language was of beer tasting. 
And I was also learning the history of those beers. Like, what? why do beers from Germany taste the way they do? Why are they different from beers that come out of Asia or something like that? And so you, you have to understand the history and the actual beer as it is today. Okay, so you took the test six years ago, 2013, yeah. and you were the first woman to pass? In, in Washington. In Washington. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really fun after I passed because that's when a lot of women started coming to me and asking questions about it. So without meaning to, I served as kind of an inspiration for them. And it was really fun to be able to work with them. And a lot of them have moved on to have awesome careers in beer. So it feels good to have played a part in that a little bit. But, you know, you mentioned that a a lot of women have come to you. is it for general business help and advice or more about beer? Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I get a mix of quite a few people who, quite a few women who are in industries, often actually science-based industries, because I had a science background, and I think that resonates with them. Um, But they would come to me and just ask, can we sit down and talk about ways that I can get in the beer industry Because it is kind of, it's the type of industry, it's hard to have a background in brewing. Now we have schools and stuff, but most people just kind of came from other backgrounds. And so getting your foot in the door can be kind of difficult. Well, it also seems like it has been thought of as somewhat a male-dominated industry. And and it seems that that's changing, which is wonderful. Yeah, it is changing, which is why I never say no to someone that asks to sit down with me partly because other people did that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that I'm in a position that I can bring more women into the industry. Mm-hmm. And so another example, um, there's an orga- organization called Pink Boots Society, and it's women in the beer industry. And it's a place where we talk about technical things about brewing. It's also a lot of discussion about, you know, that it's a male-dominated industry and how do you navigate that? But in a couple of weeks, we're doing a collaboration brew where I'm inviting a lot of women from our accounts to come in and brew with me just to expose them to the industry. But I've sat down with quite a few people talking about getting into the, into the industry and then other people who are interested in opening businesses. And I also feel like it's my responsibility to tell them what it's really like, because not everyone is meant to work in the industry right. or meant to open a business. It's not easy. I, I call you know. those conversations with sometimes people that have come to me the pop your balloon. Yeah. You have to be honest about it because it's not easy. Right. You know, And then it, the people that when you explain that and then they decide to move forward and, and, and you see them succeed. Yeah. So it's really great. Yeah, really great. For more stories like these, watch the Uncharted Seattle video series at visitseattle.tv. So Seattle has the largest number of women-owned businesses in the... I did not know that. Um, I know. It's pretty cool, huh? Where do you fit into that scene, and how do you think Seattle helps women to thrive? Or is it the women in Seattle helping each other to thrive? I think it's actually women helping each other. A couple of my best friends own restaurants, Marination, if you're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. And so they actually were a big inspiration to me. I have other friends that own restaurants. And so I go to them a lot with questions. And I think women 
work well together. We're really collaborative. So I, I do think that a few successful women like you starting early, that just builds over time. If other women see someone owning a business, then they're inspired to open a business also. I think it's that community aspect, women working together. Right. Yeah. I know we've got some crossover yeah. on, on some of our business friends, but I, I find a lot of inspiration with some of the women that are in their in their 20s and 30s opening businesses. Yeah. They really amaze me. Yeah, and I can't imagine in my 20s having boy, that <laughs> I wish that I would have had the, the women friends owning businesses yeah. at that time because I really do see a lot of women helping each other. Yeah, definitely. In a really wonderful way. So how do you think Seattle helps women thrive? Well, I think Seattle is a really progressive city for one. So it's not that unusual to see a woman doing something um, in a position of power. Our mayor. Our mayor. Yeah. Our police chief, our mayor. Right. Um, city council is heavy on the woman's side. So um, we're definitely pro-woman here, I think, which is great. So how did you first get into beer? Oh, gosh. Well, I drank a lot of beer when I was younger uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it just started like anyone drinking beer with your friends. And I just really loved kind of the community aspect of drinking beer. There's something really social and fun about it. So I associated it with hanging out with my friends by campfires and stuff like that, really casual. But then I started to enjoy better beers than what we all start drinking. Like, you know, I won't name names, but you know... <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I tried some better beers and I just really enjoyed the diversity in beers. And so when I was teaching, I started brewing at home because I just really liked that aspect of it also. My wife actually gave me a kegerator when I was in my 30s, so that's unusual. Um, but I decided I could just start making beer rather than buying kegs to put in it and I got hooked from there. That's great. What's, yeah. So what's your favorite beer or maybe a few favorites? Yeah. You probably don't have one. No, do I don't. Thank you for letting me have more than one. <laughs> <laughs> I drink a lot of IPAs like a lot of people in the Northwest, but I really love porters, um, German style pilsners I love. Um, so those are my go-tos generally. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. with you on the German style pilsner. Yeah, love it. Yeah. How many different beers do you have? Uh, We have 20 taps at the brewery, so we keep at least 20 different styles Uh there. Um, We, in a year, we might do 60 to 80 beers, different beers. Wow. So do you continue creating flavors like with ice cream companies? Yeah. It's just, (laughs) (laughs) it is kind of like that. One thing we do, we do a rotating IPA series. So there's so many different cool hops and malts that we can create a different IPA every week and a half. Um, So we'll just brew a double batch of that, sell it out, brew another one, a different style. But we're also unique in that we self-distribute. So we are able to sell our whole portfolio to accounts. Um, So we're able to keep a lot of different styles going, which is a lot more fun. Because if we worked with a distributor, they would focus on our most popular beer and sell Mm -hmm. mostly that. Whereas we like to keep the variety. Is that unusual? Yes, very. That's what I thought. Yeah. At our size, most people are with a distributor. But we really like the contact with our customers. So our salespeople in the tap room and out on wholesale 
we know all of our accounts, you know, we're able if someone runs out of a beer to deliver that day, whereas a distributor won't do that. So that flexibility has really been good for us. Are you one of the only breweries in town that doesn't have a distributor? Of our size, I don't know if there are any others our size that don't use a distributor. Interesting. Yeah. What's the beer community like in, in Seattle, do you think? Um, we're really close. It's a really collaborative community. Um, we know each other. We share ingredients. Like if we need a pitch of yeast and we're out of it, we can contact our friends and they'll bring it over. Or if you're missing a bag of a certain grain, um, people will share there's not a lot of like protection, like people aren't protecting their recipes and we're just all sharing ideas because if, if one of us is good, we all get better, right. you know? It doesn't do us any good to have a brewery that's putting out really bad beer because mm -hmm. it, you know, that affects the impression of all breweries. Mm -hmm. So we're very close. It's really fun. That's part of what drew me to the industry is just the people in the industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that sort of uh, camaraderie and collaborative feeling is true in a number of industries in Seattle yeah. from, from what I've heard. What do you think makes Seattle like that? I don't know. I think Seattle kind of just breeds people who, well, are nice, for one thing. I mm -hmm. think it's a pretty nice place. I mean, the city is changing. We're getting a lot of new people. Um, so I don't know that that's changing the vibe of Seattle. But before, we were just kind of a big town or a small city. So it had kind of a community aspect to it. We weren't too big that we didn't know each other. So I think people just support hometown heroes, people that are making things in their town. You know, they want to support that. How does beer play a role in the city and bring people together around this common love? Well, one great thing about breweries in Seattle and all over Washington is that um, our tap rooms were able to allow kids to come in. It's not, we don't have to have a tavern license unless we serve liquor. So breweries have become kind of a community space, really. You'll have families in there, people of all ages. People do a lot of activities there. They'll play games. It's just almost like little community centers. What makes Seattle a beer town and why do so many people visit to drink beer here? Um, well, there are more breweries in Seattle proper than any other city in the U.S. So we have a lot of breweries, so it makes it really easy to find beer. But I think also Seattle was home to kind of the beginning of the craft beer movement. So like Red Hook was here down in Fremont, um, Hales, Maritime. So 20 some years ago, those breweries were here when there weren't craft breweries. So we had a good base there. And then I, I've always just kind of felt like just the weather in Seattle <laughs> makes people want to drink beer. It's like perfect beer drinking weather here, you know, a little bit rainy. I don't know. There's just the, the natural part of Seattle, I think, influences people to drink beer. Mm -hmm. That seems weird. I think that's my own impression. I don't know that other people share that. No, I, th <laughs> I think there is truth to that. Yeah. And, you know, my, my first business is celebrating my first bar is celebrating yeah. its 25th anniversary next week. Mm -hmm. And those three that you just mentioned, Red Hook, Maritime and Hales were all on our yeah. taps. Yeah. And still around. I mean, they've changed a little bit, but they're still around. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Right. Have you brewed any beers at Stoop Brewery that were inspired by the city? 
We do a lot of beers for restaurants. Uh, we actually did one for Linda's Tavern. You may not know that, but and just being in Seattle because we're so close to all of the ingredients that are grown for beer. Uh, Yakima Valley grows more hops than any other place in the United States. So we just have a close connection with um, the rest of the state. So that inspires us quite a bit. What is it about Seattle that really inspires you? Mostly for me, what inspires, I just, it's beautiful for one thing. (laughs) And I think that's the main thing. I mean, we're surrounded by nature and I really love nature. And so you can't go anywhere in the city that you don't see beautiful trees and mountains and in the sunshine there's no beautiful place on earth I think Um, and then once you live here long enough you learn to appreciate the rain or at least I do not everyone (laughs) (laughs) and so it's beautiful in its own way there and so I think just the feeling that you're in nature even though you're in a city is really inspiring to me and so do you have an umbrella I do not <laughs> I always say this. I always say, and it's it's not my saying, but there's no bad weather. There's just bad gear. Tell us a little about how you think your work impacts the city. Well, we produce something that makes people happy. So I think that's great. But I also think, you know, as a small business, we can have an influence on just how small bus- businesses are treated on the government level, just to make sure that we all thrive. Because I think one thing that's really cool about Seattle is that there are a lot of small businesses, people really doing some cool things. So we're now in a position to help keep those businesses alive um, and keep the city interesting. Keep the city interesting. (laughs) I like that. And why do you think Seattle's a great place to do your work? Well, Seattle's a great place to brew beer, partly because we have a really informed and excited Uh, customer base. Like people really know their beer. They like it. They want to know more about it. They care about where it comes from. You know, you can't fake it. You have to be an actual local brewery. People know if you're faking it. And it's just a great community of brewers. So we also help build each other up. So what distilleries or breweries could we find you at outside of Stoop and and why those places? Um, Westland Distillery is awesome. And then breweries really love Cloudburst Brewing. Holy Mountain is great. There's a little one on Beacon Hill called Perihelion Brewing, which has a really great restaurant. It's a really cozy space. Um, in our neighborhood, we have Rubens Brews nearby, uh, Lucky Envelope, Populux. So there are just endless numbers. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, Robin, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, You've got thank a you. Very interesting story. Thank you. Tell us how we can find you. Uh, well, our website is www.stoopbrewing.com. That's S T O U P brewing.com. And we're located in Ballard. So great. check us out. Instagram? Instagram is Stoop Brewing. Great. Yeah. Thank you. For suggestions on Seattle's rich beer culture and best places to grab a pint or two, go to visitseattle.org slash beer.